All right, and welcome to the Blast from the Past cast. This is Randall. This is Rob. All right, we got a we got a killer episode for you guys tonight. This is this is this is going to be I think one of our best material, honestly, Bob. This is a big one. This is episode 10 of the Blast from the Past. Already cast. here, man. Number 10. That, that's a kind of a big I would say probably like only <laughs> 10% of podcasts hit it there, man. So Possibly less. I've heard a lot of people quit after just like three. Three, just yeah. can't do it. Bunch yeah. of pussies. <laughs> oh, that's a little stiff, Randall. <laughs> All right, but yeah, let's, let's just kick it off, man. So the topic for tonight is The, the Wonder, Wonder Years. years. What would you do if I sang out of tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? Lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song. I will try not to sing out of key. Oh, baby, I all right so the wonder years now this this honestly is probably one of my all-time favorite tv shows bob i mean i'm thinking like i definitely top three probably honestly wow yeah (laughs) i i would I don't know if I'd put it that high, but it's definitely entertaining and highly bingeable. Like, I watched through most of the first three seasons within a few days to prep for this, and then we watched a few after that, like, earlier today. But uh, I wanted to get into some of the basic facts here before we get into our format here. It debuted January 31st, 1988, premiering after Super Bowl twenty two, which, if I may add, was a... 42-10 drubbing of the Broncos by the Redskins. Oh, dude, the Redskins won? Yeah, dude. the Redskins wow. won. Wow, I didn't know yeah. they were good back then. Who was on the team? You got any notable notable players on there? From that year? That's really before I got into football. I oh, mean, okay. all I really could yeah, tell you Yeah, I don't know any of them, honestly. Elway was on the Broncos, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember, though. I'm sure, I mean, they won, so. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and this premiered on ABC, so that's where it typically yep, ran ABC. for sure. Yep. Obviously. So yeah, I mean, <clears throat> have to say, you know, for those of you that don't or haven't seen it, highly recommended. I would say pick it up on Hulu. I mean, if you get that subscription, I want to make quick shout out to Hulu too because they got Home Improvement now, and I know Home mm. Improvement. Home Improvement was ha- like going through legal trouble, like getting the rights to release it. So it was basically exclusive on DVD for like the past ten years, it seemed like. But now it looks like they finally broke that open. So dang, because I remember it used to be on there, but must have been a while back. Because I actually am lucky enough; I have the DVD, which comes in a, it's pretty cool, a, like a big toolbox. Toolbox, like, yeah, yeah it's the all red the, toolbox, man. Yeah, it's kind of nice. Yeah, it says Home Improvement on it. It's pretty cool. Oh, one note on that, too. I want to give this quick shout-out because we did have our first cast. First cast email, email come down the pipe. Yes. And this is from a Mr. Sam. I won't release his last name, but Sam, actually, one of my uh, good buddies, wrote in 
and he was actually trying to guess what drinks we're drinking. So maybe we'll reveal that here, or maybe we won't. He, maybe not until somebody gets it. I say yeah. let's wait till somebody gets it that will reveal what is that clanky noise, you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay. He, he actually guessed gin and tonic for what it's worth. Good guess. Yeah. I'm actually drinking one right now, but it's so, not the standard fashion. I'll say that. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. <laughs> we have one which is usually our go-to, we'll say, on that regard. All right. Well, let's let's get into it here. So we we okay. We did a standard approach here. We got five topics a piece, mm-hmm. and we're just going to walk through it here, and we're going to kind of be all over the place. I mean, it was is no holds bar yeah. on this. I mean, wide I, open, man. I opted to go for some a little bit deeper pulls, I think, but some yeah, deep tracks, dude. <laughs> yeah, but I think we got we got something for everyone. I'll say for sure. Right, yeah. right. So just a little bit about the show. Really, it's it's a coming of age kind of comedy. I say it, it's it's a little bit both comedy and drama, but they do such a good way to like meld them together. Where it's like even in the tenser moments, they still make it kind of just lovable and and really wholesome too. And throwing in that awesome comedy, man. Yeah, if I may say, I feel like it's a very authentic show. Absolutely. Yep, that's yeah. what I've heard. I mean, that's kind of a great segue into the first topic. I mean, okay. The one thing too is the main the main character is Kevin Arnold. It's really about him growing up in suburbia and um kind of my first topic is really how great the show encapsulates not only what it was like growing up in the time period. I mean, this was like I think mid 60s going into the 70s. And uh not only that, I actually, interestingly, I, I don't know the ar- who wrote the article, but I did find something on Google about how it perfectly encapsulates like growing up in suburbia in America. And I have to say, as a person who did so myself, and I believe Rob did as well, I think it really holds true to that. Well, I watched yeah. this a little bit with my dad and sister yesterday, and he remarked, my dad did in particular, that he, I mean, he, he was lived, lived through this era, actually ran canon it was supposed to be 68 to 73 so it was like 20 years before the original air date was a good rule of thumb you just subtract 20 years right right yeah so started in 68 ended in 73 so it's 88 to 93 was the original run of the show so it had a six season run and yeah he just remarked that like they did such a great job with the sets and everything and everything looked pretty authentic to what the times w- were at the time. I mean, yeah. absolutely. Like you look at the houses, the technology, sure. everything was spot on. I have to say the like <clears throat> the school, the way that they did the school was just, I mean, it, it emulates how it was for my middle school growing up. I went to a place called Milburn um, and it was, it was just like that going in there. I mean, the teachers, you always have the characters as teachers, you know, kind of the whole the whole dynamic of like being a kid and like figuring out your friends group and all the little like social nuances that go on were, were spot on. I mean, they really nailed it, you know. Yeah, a lot of the classic tropes are there. Like they have like the lunchroom and all the different tables, like the popular kids, you know, et cetera, the, the goths, clicks, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly how it is, man. I mean, everybody yeah. sticks to their little group. I mean, that's just a natural occurrence, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, for all sure. Right. So that was really my first topic, Bob. Do okay. You, do you want to 
go into yours here? What yeah, so, sounds good. I'm up next. Oh, I'm, this is a little, <laughs> a little a off one. the beaten path, but, but... <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good, it's a good one for like you know when when growing up and watching the show for the times. Really. I'm sure most of our audience has probably heard this one, but my second, it's going to be topic two, is going to be the oft heard rumor of Paul growing up to be Marilyn Manson. <laughs> so Josh Saviano, <laughs> yes. who portrays Paul. Dude, he definitely does have that Manson appearance, dude. A little bit, yeah. It's, it's you like, can kind of see it. Paul you know? goes goth and then turns into Manson. Full out. <laughs> this might well have been the first, like, legit, it might have been the first internet rumor, because I think this came about circa 94, 95 is when it started circulating. Really? <laughs> if you look back, in all reality, it since has been kind of debunked. Manson was 19 when the series first aired, so a tad too old to play a young adolescent kid. His first band was, by the way, Marilyn Manson and the Spooky Kids. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And <clears throat> Saviano, uh, on the other end of the spectrum, now an honor- he's an entertainment lawyer and a celebrity brand consultant. What? Dude, yeah. he's a lawyer now? Yeah, wow, yeah, he became dude. a lawyer. Went to law school. Yep. <laughs> he actually went to Yale, and it's kind of interesting because in the show, canonically, he went to Harvard is what they reveal. So oh, dude, pretty I didn't close, know that. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah right? Wow. Yeah, another fact for you. And it says here he still, yeah, Saviano still hears this rumor to this day, and actually going further here has also been rumored to be lady gaga what and, <laughs> <laughs> and the black keys drummer patrick oh, dude, uh, Pat, dude yeah that's funny man <laughs> yeah <laughs> patrick Ca- uh, carney i'm sorry yeah I can't, carney dude i can't yeah, yeah. read my own writing here yeah but that's right and Actually, another interesting factoid about Paul, he did return to TV 2014 to 15 to play a lawyer on three episodes of Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Wow, I should go watch those, dude. Yeah, I should probably go back to see that. That'd be great to see, dude. And also, Marilyn Manson, by the way, real name Brian Warner, also says he hears of this rumor a lot. And I'll close here with this interesting story I read about. One time Savage said he met Marilyn Manson and Manson remarked, hey, I used to be on TV with you, (laughs) which Savage, of course, concurred with. (laughs) So the rumor does still persist. So I just thought I'd have to bring that up because I remember hearing this from my sister, Jill, actually, when I was a kid. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah, it's still going on. So I I just thought that was like a little interesting side story. And I'm sure most of you out there probably have heard this, but just wanted to give you a little bit more of the backstory. Oh, awesome, man. All All right. right. So that was mine. What do you got for number three, Randall? Well, I wanted to talk about. And this kind of goes back to our cast on Boy Meets World, but I, I kind of wanted to compare the the main characters of the show, compare and contrast. So this would be Kevin Arnold versus Corey, and then also uh, Winnie Cooper versus Topanga Lawrence, and, and kind of talk about their differences because I think I think there's some stark differences, but also some similar similarities at times, man. Oh I, yeah, I mean just looking at Winnie, I, I just wanted to note. Note with her that 
But that I think I think she was less way less of a succubus type man. I think I think compared to Topanga, she was she was probably a lot more honest with Kevin. You know, I she had a lot of mixed emotions throughout the show, going through the coming of age time and like. <coughs> oh, shit. You okay there, Randall? <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> Went down the wrong pipe. Oh, I gotcha. I was just gonna say that, yeah, like it seemed like Topanga was was you know, Topanga was like much more into playing like stupid mind games with Corey and like just stupid stupid shit and wasn't really honest with him a lot of the time, just leading him on into like like the dope dude. <laughs> But but honestly, Winnie Winnie was like a lot more honest, and she would be like, "Well, you know, I I just I'm confused right now, you know." Which you can imagine, like that time, like seeing all these boys and like you know starting to develop love interests had to be very confusing at that age, right? Yeah, I will say Winnie was a lot meeker than Topanga, who was a little yeah. more in your face. I'd say in your face, yeah. personality wise. So there, that's something all to be said for Winnie. I I would say she uh, though. Though to Topanga's credit, I feel Wendy, Wendy, Winnie had more of a wandering eye in this throughout the series in terms of like dating a bunch of different people. You oh know? yeah, yeah, dude. But Kevin did too. I mean, oh yeah, dude. yeah. <laughs> so both of them, I would say, dated around more than Corey. Well, what I'll say about about Kevin, I don't know did. so much about a wandering eye. It was it was almost like he he always had his eye on Topanga or not. Sorry, not. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, fucking Winnie. Yes. But, uh, you know, it was always like whenever he would go and try to, like, like be with another girl, it was always to get back at Winnie and try to make her jealous. And he would always end up looking like a total douche, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> consistently throughout the show. We'll get more on that later, man. Yes. But, okay, with that said, though, comparing Corey versus Kev, mm-hmm. I mean... Corey did have his moments of being a fucking asshole, but honestly, Kevin, Kevin, and and this is a topic later, but Kevin was a total D-bag throughout the show. Yeah, Kevin takes the cake. I mean, mainly to his best friend, Paul. I mean, I don't think he ever treated Paul in really a great light throughout any of the seasons, man, honestly. I mean, you really have to look, buddy. There are a couple of examples. I would say, like, few and far between, without a doubt, objectively, uh, Corey was a much better friend to Sean than Kevin was to Paul. Like, without a doubt, dude. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely agree that they were... Yeah, they looked out for each other more so than Kev did, particularly Kev for Paul. I mean, Paul kept fucking digging Kevin out from the dirt, dude, in my opinion, man. Like, I think I think Kev way more relied on Paul than Paul relied on Kev, man. I think that's a fair statement. Yeah, you might be right in that regard. There are a couple of interesting crossovers in mm-hmm. in this one. I wanted to mention just because you mentioned kind like of character the, cross or actor crossovers or I was going to say there was one actor crossover. There was more, dude. Freaking Core was in it as Cupid. He was? Yeah, he was. Uh, oh, dude, yeah. I didn't even yeah. know that. Yeah, in, in like the Valentine's Day one. I thought you were talking about yeah. in Boy Meets World how uh, Dan, um, what's what's the dad's name? Dan Dan Loria. Dan Loria yeah. played mm-hmm. the judge in one of the episodes, and then also the math teacher um, played played the MC of that game show. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah, I remember Boy you Meets mentioning World. that, and then, yeah, I looked out for that, too. Right. 
But actually what I was actually going for was there were a couple like crossover kind of like tropes that Boy Meets World did that Wonder Years also did that I noticed from my oh, wa- yeah, from yeah, my yeah. watchings here. So I'll list a couple here. There was the remember when Cor and Sean had like the fake band, the exits. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there was also the one where Kevin started a band with a few of those other guys. I can't remember if it was the electric shoes or the electric shoelace. I think it was the electric shoelaces, maybe. I can't recall the name of of their band. But from what little I heard, because they actually got to play a little bit, they were much better than the exits. (laughs) Which did like a banana banana fofana thing, which was just outright fucking horrible. straight garbage dude yeah it was like that was uh, fast forward material (laughs) yeah there was that and then there was also kind of when there was a time when kevin paul were on the outs and they were trying out like different best friends like kev with with doug just the dope the dope like that he Kev, Kev even didn't have the heart to rip him off in a baseball card trade, though he easily could have. He kept like offering oh, more dude. and more cards for it. Wasn't he like what? A, what about a like like he, he was going for a trade that was like obviously one sided to Kev. Oh and yeah. And Doug just kept interpreting like the deal wasn't good enough, so he kept offering, offering more, more and more, more shit. just for like one. Yeah, one. I think card. he threw he threw in a Willie Mays. He was like, dude. I could throw in my Willie Mays <laughs> for like what? What was the other one? A Don. Don Schwartz. Schwartz. Yeah. <laughs> that was Kev's common card. More on that later, by the way. More on Don Schwartz. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Was that all for that topic? That was pretty much it. I okay. just wanted to throw in, yeah, Core was in the Wonder Years and obviously Stewart as we uh, affectionately oh, yeah, bring uh, in uh, Boy Meets Have World. To call yeah. that so out, they've dude. both been in each other's shows. Fucking Stewart. Kind of cool. Dude. Yeah. yeah. Go back and listen to the podcast. <laughs> Was that episode two? two? Yeah. Number two. Boy meets world. You want to hear more on Stuart. Yeah. We kind of actually have a whole topic on him. So, yeah, it's in the archives, guys. All right. So, is that all you got for three, Randall? No, no. That was on. Oh, that was. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That was yeah. your kind of Boy Meets World uh, compare and contrast. Yeah. So, number four for me, topic two for my end here, topic four overall, Coach Edward Cutlip. <laughs> <laughs> great side character man yeah give a little intro on the character he's kind of like a no nonsense kind of like a goofball in a way though at the same time he always has his kennedy high hat on even when he's chaperoning the dance it's <laughs> <laughs> so funny he's got the hat on with like the red like hat with the k on it right he always like goes out of his way to draw diagrams on the board. And one one episode in particular, he's drawing one of the female reproductive reproductive <laughs> system, and he actually had to go back to <laughs> Cutlip did <laughs> Cutlip had to go back to refer to the textbook on what it looked like. <laughs> That was funny. That was good. And then there was like Daniel Stern, because as you may know, he's like the narrator, does like the narration. He had like a good wisecrack here, Randall. It had appeared to look more like a cow's head. <laughs> yeah, dude, it really did, dude. Yeah, it had like the ears. And then even to add to that, dude, they yeah. freaking they freaking had to like the kids were like yeah, show us show where it is on the body because all he had was just like this cow's head up there. So all he did was draw this square and then put a woman's head on it. Dude. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, and I got some quotes here from Cutlip here. That's the important thing. Never be satisfied. Jelly bean? <laughs> and then he offers, like, a small gunny sack of jelly beans <laughs> to Kevin, dude. Thompson, you want a tea party? Go to Boston. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And we also learn that he has a steel plate in his head when he's explaining that life isn't fair to Kevin Arnold. Oh, dude, I wonder if that's, uh, like, yeah. from a baseball. I, that could explain why he's so, like, off-kilter, man. It could be. Yeah, he doesn't explain, like, really why, but he does have one, apparently. I thought another good quote from him during the basketball episode, dude, was when he was like, Basketball, look it up in the dictionary. <laughs> like yelling at yeah. the kids on the team. <laughs> yeah, going back to it too, like they all just really wanted to play ball, and he's like drawing like the, the all sorts of diagrams on the, the chalkboard, and it looks like a mess. Like when he's for like twenty minutes, and they're like bored off their ass. Like the kids are. I uh, I'll get into this more, but I had kind of a similar experience once in gym class, like that when just like nonstop, just like diagrams and stuff. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, more on a little bit more on Cutlip. He played Santa Claus at the mall, and he gave some preferential treatment because Kevin later finds out about this. And Cutlip actually offers Kevin a pistachio, again, from a little gunny sack in the hallway. He offers to make him timekeeper in lieu of having to like do like the testing and actually passes to get out of the president's challenge, which... Kevin actually lies to him. He says his secret's safe, though he does tell his friend. Doug. No, he actually told the yeah. friends before. That oh, meeting. so he already told them. So he outright lied to Cutlip then, basically. Yeah, but... pretty much, dude. Yeah, pretty much. Dick Kev, Pretty you much. Know? Douche but... Kev. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Douche nozzle Kev Arnold, dude. But it's kind of a heartwarming tale. Like, Cutlip says, kids like me when I'm Santa to him and to Kev, and... Kevin's good friends all like see that it's him, but they still kind of remember fondly, like probably memories from a kid. Of Do you seeing... think they noticed it? It almost seems like they didn't even recognize him. Like they just saw it's, Santa. It's, it's actually kind of unclear whether they do or not, but maybe they have the fond memories of going to the mall as a kid and seeing Santa. Yeah. Maybe to yeah. that regard. I think that was part of one of like the, the, the deeper meetings of that episode though, was like they, the spirit they, of Santa. He wanted yeah. to, he wanted to really be Santa, like, mm -hmm. and he accomplished that at the end, and that was like the true test, you know. So it was like just such an enlightening moment for him, I think. But also, I wanted to mention too. I alluded to this a little bit earlier. Watching through this kind of reminded me of my gym teacher from middle school, Mister Zaremba, and he had some classic quotes. Most famous one being, "Ah, no." <laughs> he would say that, dude. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, no. <laughs> like persnickety, yeah, dude. <laughs> just like that. Like, no joke. Like, spot on. You ask him, like, a question, dude. Can I go to the bathroom? And uh, no. No. <laughs> no, it was mostly when, like, kids were acting up and doing what they shouldn't be doing. Maybe talking back to him oh, or dude. something. Yeah. <laughs> he actually made Oliver run three backstops for saying asshole one time. <laughs> <laughs> he overheard him and actually another st story i had to write 
I will hit a volleyball correctly 10 times. <laughs> <Use> <laughs> class, yeah. And then I had to write it another 20 times after he caught me doing it again. Because <laughs> I was just like hitting it with my fist. Like, oh, really? He wanted you to do like the underhand. No, like, just bop. Fuck off, yeah. Dude. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. it was more fun that way to just like tap it. Just beat know? the fuck out of the ball. Like, who gives a fuck back then? I was then, just dude. having fun, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But I thought that, yeah, Baird, Baird mentioned. I just want to know it on, on mine, dude. I had a similar experience in my middle school. Yeah. We had Mr. Jazzo, dude, who is this. He was kind of like he was kind of like a hunk. Like, if, if I were to say it, like, he was like, you know, kind of well-built. Yeah. But this was a white guy, and he was sh- going up to the kids and being like, Yo, 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 what up, homie G? <laughs> and the kid's like, everybody's like, what the fuck is he saying, dude? Like, really just obnoxious all the time. Always saying booyah and shit. Like, hey, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. Like, you just had to meet him, man. No, he was great, though. He was, a, he was a great guy, I have to say. But, yeah, he was just a little quirky, man. I feel like all gym teachers have to be a little bit quirky. Like, yeah. Oh, dude, I had this dick one mr yost dude with this like fucking huge mole dude horrible really horrible i mean i'm sure you've had some shitty shitty gym teachers before right oh yeah over time high school was especially worse dude there's something to be said when you go to high school and every single gym teacher is over 300 pounds (laughs) (laughs) that's lakes high school for you Oh my god. I shit you not though, dude. Here's another like good one. Out of shape. Here's, like, oh dude, yeah. way out of shape, dude. Like literally obese as fuck. Dude. Yeah. Here here's a here's a here, run, one more. Run. <laughs> here's here's a great one, all right. I remember w- running in from like the field from gym and literally the guy fucking flipped the keys to one of the kids and asked him to go get the Arby's out of his car for him, dude. This piece what? of shit. Couldn't even go to his own fucking car to get his food, dude. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're way off topic. Yeah, <laughs> we are. But no, somewhat. I mean, well, it's a good yeah. one. It's a good one. It's dude. still on the same same thing of yeah. g- general gym teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Misadventures, I guess. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that's all I got for Cutlip here. Let's go to topic five, and uh, what do you got for oh, that one Oh, this is a here, good Randall? one, dude. Topic five, I wanted to talk about the rest of the Arnolds, man. Okay. So all the other characters in the show, did, did you happen to write down their names? I, I We might have to look it up names. here. but I, <clears throat> Give me a sec. I'll do it for you. Just wanted to say that, like, I mean, it really ties together because – and that's uh, it goes back to what I was saying about like suburbia life, you know, a middle class family, because they really nailed it with this family, especially with like having the oldest sister. So they have the oldest sister, uh, the middle brother Wayne, and then uh, I think the oldest sister is Karen. Yes. And then Wayne is the second, and then Kev's the youngest. So it's kind of like through the eyes of Kev, but I mean, me myself, I was the oldest brother. And then I have a younger sister and uh, younger sister Lauren and a um, a younger brother Ellis, but it's kind of the same thing. So I would have been honestly, what's so great about it is a lot of like the topics that deal with Karen were actually very similar to uh, me growing up. So I always thought that was cool because like a lot of things she went through like end of high school, 
you know, the fighting with the parents at that time. I think it's just something with like you're the first first kid in the family. They always go through that. Like it's always like it's always a difficult time, I'd say. That that first one I think like, the oldest have it the hardest. Yeah. Leaving the nest. Oh, my parents were way yeah. harder on me than probably the rest. Like they expect you to be like the perfect kid. You yeah. know what I mean? And when Leader. you go anywhere off path, they're just on your ass, like grilling you. Oh yeah. Yeah, very difficult. I do have the official actors and actresses, though, down now. All right, uh, let's Randall, hear them, so man. The Wainer. Wa- <laughs> <laughs> the Wayne. Wayne was played by Jason Hervey. The dad was Jack Arnold, was played by Dan Loria. Sorry, right. I did call him Jack Laurier in the Boy Meets World episode. I'll correct myself here. <laughs> it's appropriate <laughs> time here. Mom was played by Allie Mills. Karen, a.k.a. Brightwing. Brightwing, her, her dude. Name. Her hippie name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, was played by Olivia DeBeau. Yeah, and freaking Wayne. I mean, Wayne throughout the show was really portrayed as kind of like the tyrant older brother, like always giving Kevin Bullying shit. Bullying Kev. And I mean, like, there's like even the narrator. Uh, um, is Dan- it Dan- Daniel, Daniel Stern. Stern? Yeah. Yeah, Daniel Stern always gets some good quips in, dude. Like, calls him a Neanderthal <laughs> in the episodes, <laughs> dude. My Neanderthal brother. Dude, they're always fighting, disagreeing. I mean, but th- there, there also is those, like, there's those softer moments, you know, where they, they really come to understand each other and realize that, like, they really care for each other. So I love that about Wayne. Um, the dad... The dad works at Norcom, which is a defense contractor, and he plays like basically a guy that's really overseeing the supply chain. It sounds like uh, from the episode where he Kevin gets to go to the office with him. The inspiration for the corporate shit job meme. Yeah, absolutely. If you look at the thumbnail of the previous cast, <laughs> hey, you can see him in there. But yeah. I mean, and the dad's always come home pissed off, working a shit corporate job, <laughs> corporate shit job, you know, and like, I mean, it's the same thing. My dad came home too, you know, I mean, my dad owned, owned his own company, but you know, you could tell like coming home pissed off, rough day. Like, It's great. The mom just hands him the uh, drink as soon as he walks in. Vodka tonic, yeah. I think it is. Yeah, man. that was his uh, poison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. I have to say the mom. Mom is just like my mom in a lot of ways, you know, like always supporting the family, always being there for you, you know, but always nagging you in the, you know, the way mothers always do, you know. She's super nice, yeah. Super nice, Mm -hmm. always asking the question, like always has like, she always has her way of like getting down to the like root of the problem, you know what I mean? Like if she wants something, she's got like her own way to do it. You know, and I think a lot of mothers have that. Like, they just know how to turn the knobs. And in and- the later <clears throat> season, she became a successful businesswoman, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Randall? I think so. Yeah. I can't, I can't exactly I, remember, but she, yeah, I, I think Yeah, I think it's, right. it's hinted at. Yeah, for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. She's, like, a becoming, like, I think a business professional, like, in an office or something. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, and then, I mean... I mean, I think that's really, I mean, you could also throw in the grandpa because he has some surprise appearances too throughout the show. Oh, dude. I did watch the one where he tries to give Kev the puppy. Yeah and, it, yeah, and it's cool because you can see, you can also see that kind of relationship between a grandpa and like the son who didn't get along. Like, I, th- I feel like it hit, hits home with a lot of oh, families, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, because he's so nice to Kevin, but, uh, 
a little bit colder with Jack. Yeah, and you can tell Jack still has like a lot of resentment and stuff from past history. Yeah, it's true. You know what I mean? Like, and there's another one where there. I think I think their aunt, uh, one of their aunt dies. There's a good there's a good episode on that too. Actually, yeah. Um, dealing with loss of life in the family, I, I would say that's a good, good app. Absolutely, man. Okay. All right, so that's about what I had to say on the okay on the Arnold's. The Arnold's, yeah, right, yeah. A little touch base on each of them, man. That'd be. Don't good. Don't worry, we will get to Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I got uh, next one, topic six, and I'm gonna go with Mr. Arthur Collins, the math teacher. Oh, dude, yeah. great character. He was featured in a three-episode arc spread out over season three, culminating in the season three episode 20 episode entitled Goodbye. Yeah, yeah that's a pretty good one. emotional one, really. So Kev and him kind of have, I'd kind of call it like a frenemy type relationship in a way. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. I mean, it's throughout the show, too. Is like That was kind of Kevin's like... Uh, mode of operation is if if he if he found a teacher difficult to deal with he would always try to he'd always try to like kind of explain himself and make friends with him you know he did that a couple times one of them backfired i I will say but yeah that was kind of his mo for sure though yeah he did that a lot i noticed after after the class like showing up to to just talk it out (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure but I wanted to say, though, there's a really funny part when Kevin thinks he should have gotten a higher grade on a pop quiz and Colin looks it over. He's like, you're right. I don't remember exactly what he says, but this should have been one and a half or something like that. It should actually be a D minus. Like, <laughs> oh, no. like, like, so like he lowered it from a D to a D minus. Yeah, dude, <laughs> he gave him the paper and like Kev's like, like, yeah. like not even like looking at the paper. He's just like, how can this be? I got a, I got a D. Yeah. Hands it in, dude. And the guy's like, oh, thank you, Mr. Arnold. You, you yeah. got this wrong. Yep. yep. D minus. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Gives it to him, dude. Yeah. Thanks for bringing this to my attention. <laughs> Kev sucks so bad at math that he can't even get absolute Loot value values, down. Right, dude. Like, like how e old was he, dude? I think this was, was like, like eight, seventh, seventh or eighth, eighth grade. grade yeah, he's like, it's like the easiest it's like concept. Third, second or third grade material, dude. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Way behind, dude. Math at a third grade level, asking why he got a D on his. <laughs> There's like this trippy part where everybody just keeps saying like different numbers to him and they do a little Twilight Zone dream, dude. They do a little Twilight Zone nod with Paul playing Rod Serling in it. That's super trippy. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Like when the when the girl, the girl like turns, he's like, what did he say? And the girl turns around and he's like, 15, 37. And then like she's got like this little like smirk, like she smiles and turns back around. And like I think every classmate is just spouting off different numbers numbers to him. him. He yeah. just like breaks, dude. Yeah, he just like breaking down, ah! Ah, freaking out, <laughs> like a fever dream. Right. Yeah. Right. But yeah, lo- slowly Arthur Collins, Mister Collins, slowly bonds with him, and Kevin actually gets help with tutoring with him. But in the aforementioned episode, goodbye, Kevin feels betrayed 
when Collins can't tutor him, he has to like leave for a few days. It's not really clear where oh, he's dude, going. This is good. Yeah, yeah. You remember? Yeah. yeah. And Kev has to prepare for the exam on his own. So like a little bitch, Kevin <laughs> defiantly turns in the final exam with answers such as so what? One of them's a smiley face. And my personal favorite, factor this. <laughs> <laughs> and he turns it in like that <laughs> like unfinished dude but this is how good the fucking math teacher was because after the math teacher came back no 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 no. The, wait wait can i say oh, something oh, here you gotta go for it go for it go for collins it. presumably must have died from heartbreak when seeing this <laughs> because they mentioned that he had a weak heart at the time and had not been well for a while and it was his heart that actually dude, did is it that- yeah. That's your theory on the episode, dude. He's like, I think, yeah, he was he already saw the test. He was already died, sick, dude. and I think, yeah, Kevin's like, <laughs> yeah, his defiance with the exam was probably what pushed him over the edge. Yeah, right. Yeah. But this is where it. Oh, that's a good. No, theory. this is the this is a good one though because Mr. DePerna has Kevin retake the final exam after school. But, but that was the cool part, right? Let, let me yeah. just hit on that because mm-hmm. there's a scene where Mr. Caperna, who's DePerna, DePerna, sorry, mm-hmm. DePerna. Um, I think isn't he the vice vice principal? principal? Yeah. I don't think you actually do see the principal throughout. I the don't show. think so either. He's like the main like authority, which is surprising yeah. though. But yeah, he's kind of running the show there, honestly. Right. But yeah, there's a scene where he calls Kevin like after class, and he basically says, "Well." this is what I got left over. And he goes through and he's like, every test is here, but yours. Yeah. So obviously from what I think, you know, uh, the teacher saw it and uh, took it out so he can retake it. Wanted to give him a second chance. Yeah. Yeah. Collins did. Yeah. It's explained that Collins misplaced Kevin's test. I think so on purpose, like you said, and we see Kevin reflect on how this is a stern recollection here. Collins treated me like a like a man while I acted like a child. Yeah, that's fucking great, yeah. dude. So he like looked back and saw how like much of a little prick he was being. But I will say this too, that's kind of a nice tangent because I noticed this too growing up is that when you're in school, the teachers like forget how young you are sometimes, especially in that middle school and even high school environment where they're Yeah, it's true. They'll they'll, they'll they're literally trying to treat you like like adults man and like a lot of kids just aren't of that no they're not mature enough for it yeah aptitude yeah right you know they don't have the mental aptitude for it but yeah but i mean that that was really an awesome episode and really really points to just like the awesome morals of the show the way that they like kind of kind of um the way that they like sneak in like in the show, all the great like meanings and hitting meetings, they, they layered on brilliantly, you know, on top of great writing. Oh, excellent writing. And Kevin tells DePerna as he finishes, you don't have to grade it. It's an A. <laughs> he gets and an F. <laughs> it's not it's not explained. But as Kevin's leaving, he sees Collins as a ghost before leaving class and tells him good job, which was kind of a touching moment, I thought. Yeah, dude, yeah. very wholesome. Yeah, very that was wholesome. a good app. Yeah, emotional. But uh, I wanted to talk about Mr. Collins, and uh, I think that covers it for him. What do you got for number seven, Randall? Well, kind of a good lead in there, too. I mean, that episode kind of just encapsulates what I'm going to talk about. 
but like the morals, the life lessons, and just the overall just fantastic quality writing of the show. I mean, I have to say it's like top tier in my opinion. I know you might differ on me, but I think the writing in the show is objectively better than Boy Meets World. You can't and say objectively. I think man. objectively. Like, that means like literally everyone yes. in the world thinks that. No, I mean, that's what I'm saying, though, <laughs> I think dude. think you're wrong, dude. It's like tied up in a perfect bow, dude. I know, I, I know you love to say it. it's tied it's in like, a bow, it's but so much a lot deeper. of Boy Meets World is too, though. No, dude. I mean, it's good, but it's not like that good but we grew like, up more in boy meets world era versus the late 60s early boy meets 70s, world is so like it was kind of a more one whole, foot, wholesome time one foot in the door to disney you know bastardizing everything but what i want to say though i'm telling you man the writing of the show is just like they, they do it so perfect you can count to like almost every episode is almost like a movie almost i mean like the way that they just lay it out oh it's well done for sure and like the yeah. <clears throat> the meanings and stuff like you got all these great dynamics between like, you know, like Paul and Kevin, you know, like I, I always said it. I always think, like I said earlier, that Paul, I think Paul was really like really carrying Kev than Kev leading Paul. But it was interesting to see because when Daniel Stern narrates like. I mean, he's almost like narcissistic, dude. With he Kevin, is. dude. Kevin's got a huge fucking ego problem, man. Like throughout, like it's funny. His, his yeah, inner like, stern voice, dude. Stern's like trying to talk him out of some of the shit he says. Sometimes, <laughs> like it's funny, like with the narration. Right, right, right. I mean, just like there's a lot of like moral dilemmas too. Like the episode where that's another good math episode where. Kevin notices some kids cheating. Remember that one? Cheat. They have the the answers to the tests. Oh dude. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, I kind of do remember that because he's just teaching the test out of the book, but he he kind of figures I think what Kevin's trying to tell him, right? The math teacher. So so they like. Let me just go into the episode. So that's another one where like kind of the math teacher has his back. So like. Kevin approaches him and says, basically, like, you know, I think, you know, he was basically, like, insinuating that some people are, are like, cheating and that, like, he's just basically saying, like, well, you're using you're using all the stuff straight out of the book. And the, and the, the, the math teacher's like, yeah, I told you that at the beginning of the class, you know, is kind of like in the syllable. Syllabus. Syllabus. Yeah, syllabus. <laughs> 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 yeah the syllabus yeah and and he's like well kevin's like don't you think that's a little bit unfair and he's like he's like no no i don't think so 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 like kevin like they took some quizzes and like kevin notices that like he thinks that the teacher's just oblivious and letting it slide but where it really comes to a forefront is when he notices the curve is getting like busted open and like he was getting C's before. And now he's starting to get D's because the the kids were bumping the curve up. Yeah, by cheating, dude. right. So what happened is like the teacher, the math teacher, Mister Collins, told him he's like, "Well, there's there's a way to deal with everything, you know. Like there's always an answer to every to, every, every problem, problem has a solution. Every I problem has a solution. solution. That was the line I was looking yeah, for. Thanks, dude. Randall. Yes. Yeah. Every problem yeah, has a I like solution. As the math teacher, dude, that's just like writing dude the writing there is like perfect yeah that is crisp i give you that you gotta do for sure (laughs) yes so he bumps kevin up into the more advanced math class dude i think i think you're getting confused oh no 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 that's the trippy part 
the Twilight Zone. Yeah. yeah, dude, that's from that, that was, episode. I think that was the second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So yeah, he bumps him up into the advanced math class, and during that time, he facilitates an, uh the next quiz. Yeah, it was like the it was like the final it was like the final exam. Or, or like the biggest one of that semester, maybe the midterm. I think maybe it was, it was like half the half the the, the courses. Uh, credit. Oh yeah, fifty percent. Like fifty percent. Yeah. So so really, what he uh, he did is he bumped Kevin up, and then he gave the test, and it wasn't out of the book. And all those kids who were trying to cheat basically failed flat out. Mm-hmm. And then he bumped Kevin back down. He like he met with Kevin, and Ke- and he's like had enough, Mister Arnold. And he just brings him back down and basically and then he just points out he's like every every problem has its own solution, dude. Like That was great. Yeah. It was fucking great. That's what I'm saying, man. The writing is like uh top tier, man. I have a couple of notes here on your topic here, morals and life lessons. Yeah, I'm gonna dude, add let's add on it. my own end because I could relate to a couple of things. First off, Kev's phone call when he first called a girl for the first time oh yeah i think as men we can all kind of relate to that you know growing up definitely related to it the first time i called a girl you you oh dude you still had to punch in all the buttons (laughs) (laughs) on like a landline phone dude what did you do man who was this man i'll just say her name was megan megan all right nice man and did it go well no she she told me (laughs) She didn't clarify, but it was insinuated that she had a boyfriend. Oh, really? Crushed. Oh, dude. (laughs) Yeah, I cried. Did you just ask her out? You cried. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I did. When was this, dude? I told her I really liked her a lot and asked if she'd go out with me. Oh, dude. (laughs) (laughs) But I was so nervous about it. I kept, they call it like six digit syndrome because back then, you didn't have to dial the area code. It was just mm. like three, five, six, you know, right, right, whatever right. it was. I remember when so they I kept dialing six too. digits and hanging up. Like <laughs> <laughs> I finally did it, and at least I had the guts to call her. I was fourteen at the time. Oh man, before oh, nice. going into freshman year, yeah. Uh, there was that. That was more of a personal re- reflection story, but you can also kind of see the bad influences too, and we can probably relate, maybe not to this extent, but there is that kid Gary. Remember at the campfire where he pulls out like five cartons of cigarettes? <laughs> yeah, like fucking overkill. Like, <laughs> like four Marlboro Reds and a cool. Dude, he gives them to like yeah. they smoked. I think him and Paul both smoked, right? Yeah, Paul turns it down at first, but I think the peer pressure, you know, like he, yeah. he's chugging a beer too yeah, dude. that's a good uh that's almost the thumbnail really kevin right. with a cigarette oh yeah dude <laughs> he's got another good one too in yeah. a different episode when he goes on vacation dude he's ripping one in front of a girl dude <laughs> oh that is good i think that would be a good thumbnail yeah dude. yeah <laughs> <laughs> well there's some contenders we'll say yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll decide <laughs> Okay, so is that all you got for morals and life lessons, Randall? Yeah, man. All right, because yeah. I got a good one coming up for topic eight. And to give you a little primer here, we each did a episode breakdown. So we're going to do like a little deep dive. We each chose an episode from the series. I will say I chose season two, episode seven. It was called Coda. You might know it as the piano episode. 
where Kevin learns piano. And this aired February 8th, 1989. Okay. So let's get into this a little bit here. We start out, we learn of this kid who's like a young prodigy, Ronald Hirschmuller. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like... I think he's just like a dedicated kid. He's kind of, he's he's pretty nice to Kevin, but Kevin's like such a prick to him. Douchebag. Yeah, him, so dude. you can't blame Ronald for giving it back to him in right, my opinion. Dude. I I I, I uh, totally totally am with Ronald for this episode yeah. by the way as opposed to Kev. Oh dude, yeah. Kev, Kev real pusses out, dude. Yeah, dude. you know what the thing is? Kevin can't see his own improvement with the with the piano and he constantly tries to compare himself to this kid. You know what I mean? You shouldn't be doing that. You should really be. I mean, he's like immature, I guess. You know, in that Dude, regard. That's, but I mean, that's a, that's tied back to <clears> just like I'm saying, like good quality <throat> morals. Like, there's always going to be someone better than you. You know what right. I mean? Like, the chances of you being the best at something are just like way out of the realm of ever possibility. You know? Yeah, what I, mean? I think you you have to just see it like you're only competing with yourself. You know, like you're just trying to get better. So yeah, I mean, from where you were at yesterday, we didn't mention it, but yeah, that episode revolves around Kevin going to piano lessons, and and like we said, there's there's kind of a young prodigy that you know is like he, Hirschmuller. He, he goes, he, Ronald goes before Kevin in every like uh, lesson, so Kevin just goes in there all pissed off, you know, like thinking. He's always trying to tear down Ronald a little bit at the end of the session, dude, and, like, roll his eyes at him, like, just being an overall prick, dude. <laughs> yeah, he really is. Like, he doesn't even remember his name, I don't think. Like, yeah. <laughs> One time when, yeah, dude, after a lesson or something. intentionally calls him the wrong name, dude. <laughs> but I feel he starts to kind of bond with the chain-smoking music teacher, Mrs. Carples. Oh, definitely, dude. But she's... She, she, I think what she kind of pushes through to him is like, it's not about the competition. It's, it's yeah. more just like embracing like just the music and, and like, you know, like what you get out of it. It's about, I mean? it's about feeling the music, you right. know, that's what she says. It's a direct quote and a funny quip here though. It sounds like <laughs> this is pretty good. The music teacher asks him, play Taco Bell in D major. <laughs> 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 Me and Scott were watching it, and we thought she said that, but it's actually Paco Bells. Yeah, 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 yeah. Canon, but it, it really sounded like Taco Bell. It really if you go back and watch that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Kev actually starts committing to it, and he's actually starting to get good. Uh, there's a nice family moment where they're like the rest of the family are listening. They their ears perk up, and the dad even turns on, off the TV to listen to Kev play. Right, which I right. thought was pretty pretty touching. Oh, yeah, I wanted to ni- make a nice note too. Like I think it was his dad who actually pushed him into it because Kevin at the dinner table to the family was like, "I think I want to quit piano lessons." And the dad's like, "How much are these lessons costing me?" <laughs> yeah, dude, his terse delivery, <laughs> yeah. dude, the laconic and terse delivery. Ten bucks? Dude. Is that a month or a week? It's a week, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, and then that really kicked Kevin in the And she ass, says, dude. "Yeah, potential, but you're not practicing enough." <laughs> right? Kevin goes in there, it's like, "I'm pretty good, aren't I?" No. <laughs> you're good. Yeah. That was after he practiced 7 hours. Though. I know, yeah. dude. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this goes kind of back and uh, more to come on this. Maybe he like Kevin's such a dick. He's like 
before he goes up at the recital is like maybe ronald would screw up maybe he'd screw up royally he's like actively rooting against him like narcissistic yeah like it's always you'll notice this is a recurring theme everything's always about kevin fucking egomaniac yeah he makes every little thing about himself <laughs> yeah. I don't want to uh, bury the lead on that, so we'll we'll get into that much more on that later by the way. So Kev ends up actually he so what? He chokes. He chokes at the recital, but it's like only in front of like 10 people. This is no reason to give up a musical instrument for life. Right. Right. You know? So he chooses to give up the piano after he makes a few mistakes. I think this might have been actually been the practice recital. It was, because it was a dress rehearsal. The dress rehearsal, I should yeah. say, yeah. And because I remember he bikes over to the recital, but then he leaves like a little puss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, actually, after he screws up, I did want to add something to Ronald gives Kevin a pity Joker clap. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah, like dude. if you recall on uh, The Dark Knight. Yeah. yeah. He gives him like a little slow yeah. clap. Dude. And he's literally the only one clapping too. Right, dude. Yeah, he like, bombed it. Kevin dude. bombed it bad. He like struggled through it. Yeah, and ended up, yeah, messing up several <laughs> notes and chords along the way. Yeah. The kid, tr- or actually, yeah, the teacher tries to encourage him. But yeah, like I said, Kev, this is an example where Kev just pusses out, you know. Oh, dude, because well, he's he, he keeps saying, "I'm never gonna be like Ronald Hirschmuller." <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing, kids out there, you don't have to be, you know. You're never gonna be the best, probably at anything. I'll break the ice for you. You just have to keep doing your best. Well, well, I mean, it's not only about that. It's just like. It's such a poor way to go about things. Like, you just have to realize, like, you do it because you love it. You know, you don't do it because you're trying to be the best. That's a shitty reason to do something. It's another great point. It should be about the passion and love for the art, you know? Absolutely, man. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So that was my episode. What do you got for the episode? This is actually topic nine. What do you got, Randall? Oh, this is one of my, oh, this is a great episode. So it's actually called Full Moon Rising, and and you'll find out once we get into the episode why I was titled that. So this was season five, episode five, and the original air date was 10-30-91, so Mm -hmm. late October. Yep. Yeah, so a little background on here is, uh, so this is an episode where, um, one of the oldest kids in, in Kevin's grade is it's time for him to get his, uh, his driver's license. And this is like a whole new world for them. Cause now they can actually drive around freely Yep, um, on their own. And the reason why he's so older, so that his friend is Ricky Holsenbach, who's kind of a dope, you know, total like, dope, total, <laughs> like almost, <laughs> almost should be. <laughs> he's a hayseed man. <laughs> So you find out the reason why he's so old in the grade is because he actually repeated third grade twice. (laughs) (laughs) So, so there's some, there's some classic scenes where like Kevin and his group of friends are trying to get Ricky to like, they're quizzing him on like the, the driver's test and he just can't get it. Like one of the questions is like if two cars stop and they're like, orthogonal to each other which one goes first and obviously it's the right away so the one on the right goes first right i mean that's pretty classic and he's just like oh i don't know (laughs) oh this is tough i can't do it so he ends up taking the fucking driver's test (laughs) and like 
you you see him literally like going through just nailing cones, dude, all over the fucking drivers thing. And this is what I don't get honestly in the show is like he was hitting a ton of shit, obviously couldn't drive well. And get this, they fucking pass him anyways, dude. He must have had a super low bar back in the day for the driver's test, man. Oh, he hit like four cones. <laughs> yeah, no, it's more than that, dude. Like in the, in the intro to the scene, he's already on top of three of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> he just turns right into a row of cones, dude. Backs into another three when he's doing the three-point yeah, turn, dude. Yeah, pretty lax uh, driving test rules, yeah. I think he just sweet-talked the, the driving instructor who was, uh, you know, a heavy-set lady, but he just kept saying, sorry, <laughs> after every, which is like every turn he did. But, yeah, so a little more on that. I mean, the, the, so he actually gets the, the, the uh, gets, gets, gets his the license. license, yep. And there's a classic scene where Kevin's like ready to go out for a Friday. He's ready to go on a Friday night and a little bit more on that. So why don't I break it down before you? Cause he, he was supposed to have a date with this girl, Cindy. Yeah, she's a pretty cute girl, Sydney. Yeah. yeah. Pretty cute girl. Seemed like a nice girl. But then once, once douche Kevin found out that he can go out for the first time on Friday, he just comes up with this bullshit story to just straight lie to Cindy's face basically said that his his grandma was having liver issues and that <laughs> they wanted his mom wanted the family to be together and she just ate it up she even said like hey well do i still get a rain check for the date yeah. kevin's like sure yeah worked out perfect total douche now <laughs> dude move, he blew dude. off that other girl when he told her that he was gonna have a valentine's day dinner what an asshole with his family yeah that's like the most bullshit excuse i've ever heard yeah you can tell kevin's a little doesn't respect women i would almost say you know has yeah. <laughs> narcissistic <laughs> douche <laughs> <laughs> All right, so a little more on that. So so Kevin finally gets out, and like he's about ready to go out, and it's just this classic way they film this. So the dad sees Kevin running out. He's like, wait a minute. Where are you going? And Kevin's like, hey, I'm, I'm going out. And they're like, well, well how? And there's like, well, my, my friend got his driver's license. And Kevin's like, you remember Ricky Holsenbach? And the dad's like, Oh yeah, I know him. That oh, that yeah. dopey kid. This is good. That idiot. And like as he's saying it, you see him pull in like through <laughs> over, the window. Over like, the curb. Over the curb, like onto the sidewalk <laughs> onto into the, the lawn. front lawn, dude. At like mid conversation. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Somehow the dad doesn't notice. He doesn't all this. notice. It was yeah. just like a perfect like situation. <laughs> it dude. was. That comes back to the writing, like you said. Yeah. It's oh yeah. Well dude. written for sure. So, so yeah, they, they end up going out on a, and this is another great one, dude, because <laughs> I actually have this written down, like, after the driver's test, Dave, Dave, uh, Dave Stern, no, Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern. Daniel yep. Stern says, yeah, the state decided to give, give this guy a two-ton lethal weapon to drive on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great yeah. line, dude. So yeah, so that they end up on their journey and like, like the, the this is a good scene too. He, he literally pulls over because the car's like fucking smoking and he's been driving <laughs> for like fifteen minutes with the parking brake still engaged. Oh, I remember dude. that. Yeah, <laughs> dope move. Yeah, so 
Yep. So I mean, they're they're just, they're just trying to drive around and like they're yeah first this, night out with the guys. So yeah. so like they get pulled up on by these other group of kids in a Mach One Mustang, and like they're just like hey hey, and all of a sudden the kids just go into Moon Patrol <laughs> and they just moon the shit out of out of them in the car, Kevin the car. All right, that's part of the reason why it's called Full Moon Rising. Yep, so. hams out. <laughs> The kids decide to go and get some food to meet babes. I mean, that was the whole point of really the trip is to pick up women. It I have like. to say, I really like that kids in the glasses who kept saying, yeah, let's go meet some chicks. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Says it like no less than four or five At times. Least, yeah. <laughs> that was like his whole M.O., man. Right, man. So, so yeah. So, basically, they, they end up going to this, like, uh, hot dog joint, burger joint. And Kev, Kev is the one to designated to go get the food. And as he's getting the food, he fucking runs into Cindy, dude. Yeah. And he's just, like, trying to talk his way out of it. But the funny thing, dude, is that kid we're talking about just yells at him like a dope out of the car. Yeah, he's just, like, right out of the car, dude, yelling, like, Hey, Kevin, way to go, Kev. Bring her. Bring her over. <laughs> bring her here. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Dude, and then and then freaking Kevin, dude, is just, like, he has nothing to say at that point. And the girl, you can tell, is, like, obviously crushed that he blew her off, dude. Kevin really just doesn't even say anything. and just runs to the car like a little bitch, dude, and just puts her down hard, man. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of the culmination of the show it actually ends up that that they they try to do a moon a moon patrol to some other car dude and like another car rolls up and then kevin notices it's his dad and mom dude and they fucking like the kids in the car moon them and they just drive off dude. <laughs> but yeah dude I mean, that's pretty much it for the episode. I mean, Kevin was just like, you know, you guys are just morons, blah, 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 blah. But then they kind of realized, you know. What was, was that dopey kid's name again? Oh, Randall? dude. Oh, Rick, Ricky Holsenbach. So Holsenbach at, at all at once realizes why they're called onion rings because they're shaped like a circle and made of onions. Oh, yeah, dude. That's and another one that's, to point how that, dope he was because earlier yeah. in the episode he asked, he basically asked yeah. – uh, um, you know, why are onion rings why are onion rings called onion rings? Or, yeah. You know what I mean? Like so stupid. It's like dude. a dumb question and then everyone just like laughs. It's like kind of a funny moment and then they just go home. Here's another good one. So a- after after uh um so when they drove in, when they drove in that funny kid to the to the hot dog joint, the kid's like, "Yeah, dude, we're going to be checking out some Hooters, man." Oh, <laughs> yeah. And then and this was a good stern quip in there because like as as Kevin was like trying to explain why he was there to Cindy, Stern's like, "Yeah, checking out Hooters isn't gonna fly." <laughs> that was good, man. That is a good quip. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but yeah, it's yeah. just a classic episode, man. So let's move on to the final topic. Final mind. topic, I'd say this is our main event. Topic ten: Dick Kev, <laughs> dude, douchebag <laughs> Kevin. Yeah. I just want to make a note on this because. You really don't realize it until like like the first time I went through the show, like you're so like just engrossed with like looking at things through the eyes of Kevin and you can kind of see his way. Like they just write it really um really eloquently. The storylines. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. But then when you like go back the second or third time through, you're like, wait a minute. When you dissect it a little more like, you, you jump under- into it, you you're like 
Kevin's a fucking douche. When, we'll say dude. when you look under the hood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Throughout the show, countless examples, man. I and mean, we have many coming. All right, dude. Why don't you just start going <laughs> yeah. through some? Because I got some of my own. Oh, sure. Okay. So I wanted to lead off here. There's an episode where he makes fun of how everybody danced. And he said, Bobby Johnson walked like a duck. <laughs> In fairness, Bobby actually did, though. They showed it. Dude, he didn't he? Uh, oh, yeah. He was trying to impress Becky Slater, dude, in the basement. It was just ripping on people, dude. Remember oh, that? yeah. He rips on, like, everybody. He says, Paul dances like a sea monkey. <laughs> <laughs> he calls Winnie Miss Pris. <laughs> And says she dances like the bride of the mummy. <laughs> he actually, uh, it's seemingly like no less than 30 kids he insults because he said actually a kid comes up in school and said, hey, did you say I, my locker smelled like a stockyard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Becky Slater, like I said, mentions no less than 30 people that Kev had ragged on. In that episode, he's a shallow dick to Margaret Farquhar, who is like this nerdy girl, and, and think this is the girl he used the the Valentine's Day dinner excuse with. And you see Stern later reflect in in, in seventh grade, you are who other people say you are. <laughs> See, he's like he's like yeah, giving her a bullshit excuse of how he wants to be secret friends with her, like, but he was ashamed that people made fun of her. Right, dude. And I, I, and he actually, it, it is explained that she went on to have six kids and become like a biology professor. Oh, so, really? Yeah, Farquhar made it good. Damn, for dude. sure. <clears throat> yeah. Furthermore, here though, and Kev is kind of a loose cannon. Even in the first episode, you remember when he defiantly threw the apple in the cafeteria? Yes, dude. Like to, to, when when well, De, Deperna yeah. told him no food in the in the halls or something. <laughs> So he just chucked it. <laughs> he engraved K.A. on DePerna's desk. desk. Yeah, dude, I remember that. <laughs> oh, yeah, when when he finds out Paul and Winnie aren't going to be around for the summer, he says, hey, what about my summer? <laughs> yeah, dude, and that's and a perfect one, dude. He just, he, like, gets left this out. This is, like, a year after. He's such an insensitive dick. Remember, Winnie's brother just died. Right, dude. Right? Yeah. Doesn't give a fuck about it, dude. Going back to the math one, he bullies, Kevin bullies Paul on the b-ball court over Kevin's ineptitude (laughs) at math and not being as, quote, mathletic as Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin, as we said, can't even grasp absolute value, folks, by the way, as we uh, mentioned earlier. I think he actually remarks, it's a pretty funny quote, I'm not good at math. (laughs) (laughs) He tells that to the math. Mr. Collins, yeah, yeah. And then that's when he kind of takes him under his wing a little bit. Uh, Yeah, moving forward here, he wrecks uh, one of Doug's model airplanes. And then remember, like, at the end, like, half-heartedly leaves a Don Schwartz card with (laughs) Doug's mom, like... (laughs) Like a five cent card at most, like common. Dude, it was an expensive one. He he, he took over the controls of the model airplane to just like prove a point to Paul. Like, oh, this was like the trope dude. where they were both having yeah, di- different best friends. You'll see that in World in an episode two, which uh, there just was, crashed like, yeah, it, crossover. dude, like an idiot, and then just rode off on his bike, dude. 
another note on the baseball card trades. I, I had to note out a little inconsistency. I don't know if IMDB picked this one up, but noticeably when Kev's picking up cards when they're arguing and they're just on the floor, you can see that they're clearly 1989 Topps cards, and it's supposed to be the year 1970 in the show, so a little inconsistency error there I picked up, yeah. Didn't get past yeah, my, Bob, my, dude. Yeah, I had the eye for the baseball cards for sure. I was looking out. Though they did have some vintage ones, too, but I noticed when he was picking them off the floor. Uh, yeah, we're getting a little off topic there, though. Oh, also, more more back to Dick Kev. He doesn't do the obituary assignment. Instead, he reads George Washington's, <laughs> and he gets called out on it. That was good. Yeah, yeah. dude. It was, like, so obvious, too. <laughs> yeah. But did you have more on Dick Kev at all? Yeah, dude. I just yeah. want to point out how, like, all right, to women he was terrible, dude. Becky Slater, dude, yep. later on, just to try to, like, like I said earlier, like, anytime he was with a different girl, it seemed like he was, he was, he was always trying to get with Winnie and just make Winnie jealous, dude. So, like, he, he basically flat out just dumped, dumped Becky, that, that, you know, and then, you know, kind of led on Madeline even in a later episode. You know, just trying to get back at Winnie again. Asked her to, like, Paul's dance. Like, that was even another Dick Kev move. Oh, that was a Dick one. I actually have that one here, too. He acts like a little bitch when he realizes Paul's bar mitzvah is going to be on Kevin's <laughs> oh, birthday. Yeah, remember? dude. Yeah. a fucking tantrum, dude. Not only that, he does attend it, Paul's bar mitzvah, but Kevin makes it all about himself. Right, Yeah, dude. even Stur's quote. In a funny way, I felt like it was my bar mitzvah. Right. He's like a selfish prick. Like <laughs> This is like Paul's special moment. Oh, dude, here's another good yeah. one, dude. All right, where is it? Like I said, he's always just a shit friend to fucking Paul, dude. So here's a good one. So he finds out, like, this is when they're graduating from the eighth grade that Paul's actually going to be going to prep school next year. So once he finds us out, he just goes on a fucking rampage and starts just tearing Paul down, like making comments like, Oh, I hear they do this at prep school. You know, you're going to need this at prep school. And like, Paul's just like, dude, what the hell, man? So the, it, it comes up to a boiling point in class where they actually get in each other's face and fucking Kev just punches up in the face oh, man. in front of the whole school, dude. What a douche, man. <laughs> that is like a total dick, dick moment. Move. And if I could add on to Unwarranted, that. Unwarranted. Paul did nothing wrong at all, dude. Yeah, just punches him yeah. for like nothing. Yeah, dude. Oh, man. I got to go back and watch that one. <laughs> but I wanted to add on to that, too. Remember, we just watched the one where Paul's starting to get it good at basketball. He's like trying out for the team. Mm-hmm. And Kev like totally psychs him out at practice. Oh, yeah, Remember dude. That? And That's... he's even like, what was the quote he said to you? Like, oh, I didn't want to embarrass the guy after he just, like, made oh, a fool out of him, And then, like, dude. Kev just walks out. <laughs> yeah, after doing just that. <laughs> <laughs> Good episode, though. So many. Oh, yeah. dude, just a classic, man. I have a couple more things there because it's it's really good to see when you see you get to see Arnold get it back a little bit. Oh yeah, because Paul actually insults Arnold back, and I want to read what he says here for you, Randall, and for the audience. It's about the way this is all about Arnold, by the way. The way he walks, the way he talks, his 
Arnold's chipmunk cheeks and hairstyle that looks like he's wearing a cat on his head. <laughs> he's not exactly Mr. Coordination. He can't catch a football. His stupid jacket. He's never been to a Jets game. His questionable breath. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he closes, this is Paul. Paul closes with the fact that Arnold hasn't even scratched the service and they could spend the rest of the day on his chin. <laughs> Arnold's chin. And also Winnie's impression. Hi, I'm Kevin Arnold, and I'm really nice to people face face uh, face to face. But then I cut them down behind their backs. <laughs> totally, dude. <laughs> totally. Oh God. But uh, yeah, I think that's a good spot to close yeah. here. Yeah, Randall. all right, man. Uh, This yeah. has been episode ten of the Blast from the Cast, Blast from the Past Cast. This is Rob. All right, this is Randall. All right, we'll see guys. you next time. Have a good one. Bye.